Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Good morning, geoholics. Welcome back, everyone, and uh, welcome back, Shoots. Good to have you back, buddy. I am glad to be back. Yeah, back in the uh, back in the uh, co-pilot seat. Exactly in the yeah. Diamondback Land Surveying Studio. Yes, I, I got to say it's a little more comfortable here than Oklahoma City. We missed you while you were out adulting. I know. Will Wing filled in wonderfully, though. So he, kudos to him. He did a fine job, and uh, here we are, episode ninety-five. Did what? Were you able to come up with something for ninety-five? I did. Shoots? And it's somebody you would know rather well. Our, oh, Richard Dent. You got it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Nineteen eighty-three eighth round pick number 203 overall so 203 wow <laughs> two-time super bowl champion 20 and 29 one was with the bears one was with the 49ers he was the super bowl 20 mvp Ooh. nfl sacks leader in 1985 that was a good year 100 sacks club 100 greatest bears of all time and in 2011 he was inducted into the hall of fame good stuff yes and then oh the honorable mention was bubba smith Good one as well. Yes, but he wore like other numbers. Oh, and, he did. Yeah, and Richard Dent. You know. Yeah. I was gonna go with Hightower, but <laughs> nope. Good choice with Richard Dent. All right, so uh, we got a we got a big episode this week, boys. And rather than talk about a bunch of meaningless BS, all I'm going to say is thank you to Stuart Babin. Hopefully, I got that last name right. Our latest and greatest geoholics patron, Stu, as he likes to be called, our new best friend, took it upon himself to visit patreon.com. He searched for the geoholics, took about three minutes out of his day to become a geoholics patron. So as a result, Stu will be receiving a geoholics fan pack and an eternity of good fortune. <laughs> Moral of the story, be like Stu. Also, if you haven't already, go to geoholics.com. Be sure to sign up for free to receive the weekly geoholics email penned by the one and only Dilfy Dilf, a.k.a. me. You. Me. You. All right, PJ, tell us about that opening number. All right, guys, that was Heard It Through the Grapevine by Credence Clearwater Revival, uh, also referred to as Credence and CCR, um, an American rock band that recorded and performed from 1959 to 1972 under various names before settling on Credence Clearwater Revival name. Uh, in 1967. Great year, uh, by the way. Great year. Big year. Uh, the band initially consisted of lead vocalist, lead guitarist, and primary songwriter John Fogarty. 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 <laughs> his brother, rhythm guitarist, Tom Fogarty. No, that, that one's Fogarty. Oh, that's Fogarty. Oh, I saw the accent mark. I didn't see the accent mark. Uh, bassist, Stu Cook, and drummer, Doug Clifford. Uh, CCR's musical style encompassed roots rock, swamp rock, blues rock, Southern rock, country rock, and blue-eyed soul. That's a lot of rock. <laughs> CCR's music is still a staple of the U.S. classic rock radio airplay, with 28 million CCR records being sold in the U.S. alone. Uh, Rolling Stone ranked CCR 82nd uh, on its 100 Greatest Artists of All Time, and they were inducted into the Rock, Roll, rock of Roll Hall of Fame in wow, 1993. Wow. John Fogarty. <laughs> PJ's having a rough morning. Yeah, this is bad. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> so I, I have not seen Creedence Clearwater Revival in concert, but I do have a heard it through the grapevine story. Okay. You guys are going to love this. And I, again, you know I like to make fun of myself, right? <laughs> so when I was in college, Southern Illinois University, Carbondale, goes to Lukey's, I, I participated basically on a dare in the, uh, the men of SIU 
mm-hmm. pageant, let's call it. <laughs> and one of the one of the things was talent, right? Well, I have fucking I got no talent, right? So, um, what we did is we we lip synced me and a bunch of my fraternity brothers lip synced, heard it through a grapevine, right? But the funniest part of it is we wore like grape costumes, you know. Remember mm-hmm. when that was kind of a commercial or whatever? And they carried me out on a surfboard, and here I am <laughs> in this grape costume, and then I jump off the surfboard, and we lip sync, heard it through the grapevine, and uh, legendary still ne- to this never day. disappoint with the story on the band. Oh man, good stuff right <laughs> there. Shout out to this week's featured friend of the program being Bad Elf shoots. Bad Elf envisions designs and manufactures niche hardware and software by mixing decades of experience and expertise in embedded hardware, firmware, middleware, and application software. Bad Elf specializes in affordable and reliable high-performance GNSS receivers for GIS mapping and field data collection. All their products are lightweight, portable, and provide a battery life of 24 hours for a full day of data collection activities. Bad Elf products work with Esri Collector, Survey123, and almost any location-based apps app in iTunes, App Store, or the Google Play Store. They're developing low-cost, high-accuracy GPS receivers for all-day data collection. Mention that you heard about the Flex receiver on the Geoholics and receive $100 off your purchase and a highly coveted fitted Bad Elf hat. I can confirm those things are great. I'm on my second one. Bad Elf equals engineering magic. Good good guys over there. Oh, absolutely. Good guys. Now we miss Dr. Nick. He left us. He did. He uh, relocated. Yeah. Now um, he's in Texas. He'll, he'll be back in the saddle soon, and uh, I'm excited for his opportunity. Continuing with Bad Elf, of course. Absolutely. All right. Time for the Trimble Geospatial Weekly Words of Wisdom. So the quote I selected this week, basically, it encapsulates what our guests stand for. And you're going to be very surprised on who said this quote. All right. If your actions create a legacy that inspires others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are an excellent leader. Hmm. The one and only Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, of all people. Working and nine to five. I've always been a huge Dolly Parton fan. Interesting lady. Yeah, absolutely. And she does a ton for the Nashville community. Yes. Man, oh man, she, she gives back. She's big about like the kids and books and reading. and. Yes, absolutely. So kudos to Dolly Parton. All right, round the horn. Let's catch up with the boys a little bit. PJ, I know you're grumpy this morning. Yeah, we're having <laughs> having way too many issues here at the studio. It's an early morning, but uh, we're going to turn things around now. We're operational. Um, I'm doing good. I have a little bit of an excursion coming up this weekend. Going to go to California and... Um, sail around there. We've got a passage planned. And of course, with Bad Elf being our friend of the program, I had to get my Bad Elf uh, Pro set up yesterday. So nice. I got it all charged nice. up, ready to go, because that's going to be our um, our redundant GPS on the boat. So we'll have that um, in case our system goes down. I'm going to definitely collect some data on that and use that. It's awesome because it's this is a, this, a real testimony here. So I hook it up with my iPad and there's this app that we use, our charting app called Navionics and it replaces our my GPS and my iPad and we wow. can do all of our charting in there from our iPad. So um, can't wait to zip tie it up to the boat when we get there, turn it on and battery lasts forever. So we'll have um, our chart plotter ready. Hopefully, perfect, perfect uh, timing. hopefully it works better than everything. Oh, yeah, no, I trust, yeah, I know I trust my uh, Bad Elf products. There you go. Are you bringing a video camera, like Raising Bubbles or Chasing Bubbles? bubbles. (laughs) Raising Bubbles. Raising Arizona's (laughs) Bubbles. Um, No, but I'll have my phone, so I'll take some videos, but I don't don't think I'll be putting together a documentary. This is early, boys. But I... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I will be uh, out of cell service stuff, so I'm looking forward to that. So just kind of connecting with uh, Mother Nature out there. I love it. Can't wait to hear about it. 
Yeah. Shoots, I know you had a busy week last week. Let's uh, hear about week, it. Last week, I did some traveling. I went to Oklahoma City for the first time. Um, pretty cool downtown. Yeah. I was surprised. I've never been. I've heard that um, it, it's been rejuvenated. So it was kind of cool. Some hipster spots behind you. Um, <laughs> cool restaurants. Went and saw the Oklahoma City Dodgers. You know, just working hard and getting my feet under me on the new job so nice. not a whole lot to report other than just working hard what Very about you good. oh gosh you know as i mentioned a week or so ago uh I started a new job about the same time you did and it's really interesting I'm, I'm in a ton of meetings these days and many of these meetings are we're discussing you know of course how to become more profitable right fairly new company about four years old so you know we're still going through some growing pains that type thing but honestly you know when i look at it it's simple. You know, how do you become more profitable? First of all, you build value mm -hmm. in what you do. You know, if your clients truly value the services you provide them, you know, then you can charge higher fees as a result and they're going to pay it, you know, and therefore you have higher profit margins. And I recently compared it, honestly, and this might be off, off the, the chart here a little bit, but I kind of compared it to like COVID discussions, you know, I mean, they're happening all the time. You know, all we hear all day long is get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you don't, you're a horrible person, you know. Uh, nobody is saying, and this, I actually heard this on Joe Rogan, nobody is saying, you know, and he's right, focus on your health. I mean, like if we as a society would focus on our personal health and just get our asses in shape, you know, I heard a stat the other day that like 70% of all people hospitalized by the Delta variant are overweight, for example, mm -hmm. okay, obese. So we really need to focus on, the underlying problem is what I'm where I'm going with this. Yeah. And the fact that Americans are unhealthy is a huge problem. Mm -hmm. And you know, we just need to focus on our health a little more. I agree. I know I need to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Safety apparel safety share and other things to avoid shoots. Uh, gasoline safety tips this week. Use only as intended. Do not use gasoline as an accelerant. A solvent, a cleaner, a degreaser, a weed killer, etc. Mm. Keep small quantities of gasoline at the work site or at home to help prevent incidents. Do not use or store gasoline near ignition sources. The vapors of gasoline can travel to a source of ignition and ignite. Remember, it is the vapors of gasoline that ignite. Use proper PPE when refueling equipment. Chemical gloves, safety glasses, and flame retardant clothing are some examples to keep your skin and eyes safe when handling gasoline. If a fire starts while ha handling a gas container, set the container down, stay calm, <laughs> set it down, don't throw it, and get away from it. Never try to hit the fire extinguisher, or excuse me, never try to hit the fire to extinguish it or throw the <laughs> container away from you. C contact the proper personal personnel, such as emergency responders, to immediately put the fire out. Also, teach your kids about gasoline safety and practice these tips at home to prevent injuries and fires to both yourself and your loved ones. <laughs> Jeez. Have it just sounded ever, like a fun one. That's a good one. Have you ever had any gasoline close calls? Uh, one time when I was camping, there may have been some adult beverages, and somebody decided to pour some gas on oh the fire. Oh, my God. And then it went back to the container, Are so we serious? threw it. Yeah. So we threw wow. it. And when he threw it, like this the splatter of the gasoline landed on my chest and I was on fire. Oh my God. 
And my buddy's like, you're on fire. I'm like, no shit. Stop, drop, and roll. Was this last week in uh, Oklahoma? No, no, no. This was this is 10 years ago. At, well, I've been married 10 years, so it was more than 10 years ago. Wow. Carrie, Carrie would not allow something like that to happen. That's a great story. I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> yeah. It was at Sycamore Creek. I remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, man, that's awesome. All right, let's get on with this. Our guest... This evening or this morning, I guess. I'm so used to saying this evening. Today. We've got uh, Anna Rios and Lauren Holland with us. Uh, some quick bios on these two. Although you may, if, you, if, you, if you're a loyal listener, you've heard their voices before. So Anna, she was actually on episode 83 and uh, Geoholics Anonymous 06, number six. And uh, she was born, get this, during a snowstorm in late March in Minot, North Dakota, and grew up in Abilene, Texas. She attended Texas Tech University and Austin Community College, where she earned a geomatics land surveying associate's degree. Anna is currently the president and owner of, hopefully I get this right, she can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Arios Geo LLC. We also have Lauren Holland. Lauren was, she's from episode 62 fame, uh, born and grew up in London. She attended, I'm sure I'm going to butcher this, uh, Aberys with the University in Wales to study <laughs> geography, where, like myself, she spent more time partying than studying. Lauren is currently an account manager for Leica, developing long-term relationships with a portfolio of clients, providing them the best solutions for their projects, while also heading up the education side for the company as well, which we can get into here in just a minute. Lauren and Anna, welcome back to the Geoholics. Thank you so much for being here. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Well, before we move on, um, we just got to congratulate you guys. It just so happens that you are both currently with child. And um, I think, Anna, you said you're due here in about four weeks and Lauren a little bit longer, first part of November. So here's our icebreaker question for you two, Okay. Uh, Anna, you can go first. If you could tell your unborn child one thing right now, what would that be? Um, probably my motto is never stop learning. Never stop. That's a good start. There you go. Yeah. If you come out of the womb with that in mind, that would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, Lauren, how about you? I'd say you can do or be anything you want. Another good one. Absolutely. Very positive. Powerful. I like that. And my thoughts are like, stay in there. Don't come out. <laughs> All right. So let's set the stage for this uh, this episode. And I mean, to be honest with you, when I think about it, I'm like, man, it's frustrating that we have to have these discussions. It really is. But they're very important questions or very important conversations that we must have. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, sexism and harassment. And, you know, bullying, of course, is, is part of that. And I believe that's something that Lauren talked about on her episode. But uh, sexism and harassment in, in the STEM professions. And one thing that's you know really exciting is Anna had put together a um, <clears throat> excuse me a survey that was sent out, and she got some very interesting results and alarming results and sad results to be honest with you that we're going to be talking about here, and I'm going to refer to it as the questionnaire. So Anna, I'm going to let you start. You know, first of all, you know, just a little bit. How what what brought you to the point of putting this questionnaire together and and getting it out there? Well, I was sent a video um, that was um, 
about a scientist that had gone through a lot of issues in her career. Um, and they talked to some other scientists and there was some parallels to the way their career path is and the way the surveying profession is where you have kind of these internship roles um, where you're relying on somebody else to kind of sign off on your work. Um, and they had some just horrible stories and I just, there's something about it that I just kind of wanted to see, okay, where do we stand in survey when it comes to these types of issues? Um, are we really facing a lot of the same types of issues? Because I've heard stories and I've talked to a lot of other women in the profession and I just thought it can't be that bad. Mm. And then I did the questionnaire and it was um, pretty upsetting. Um, a lot of the results that I received Um but it was never really about like men versus women. It was just something that I wanted to see, okay, where are we at? What's going on with the women in our profession? Um, what's causing people to leave? Because I've known a few people that have left the profession and I know their reasons for leaving. And it's some of the reasons that were asked in the questionnaire. Um, and I wanted to see kind of where we sit um, when we only have about 3% of women surveyors across the country um, on average, that's a very small number and it's a workforce um, category that we can really reach out to and bring people in when everybody's so desperate for workforce. Um, but if we bring them in, we've got to support them and make sure that we're taking care of not just women, but the men that we're bringing in as well. Um, so that's kind of where it came from. Was I just wanted to see where we were at. I wanted to see where we stood in our profession see what we needed to improve on, see where we could bring some awareness. Um, there's a lot of situations that I don't think are intentional. I think it's just the awkward conversations that, you know, sometimes men don't always know exactly how to communicate with a woman um, and vice versa. So I just think um, that it was something that I needed to do really for my own <laughs> input and curiosity and part of me after I did it wished I hadn't because I didn't want to see the responses that I got um, just because how heartbreaking it is and um, being six or seven months pregnant when I first put it out and started getting the responses and already being on an emotional roller coaster <laughs> it was quite interesting for a few weeks after I started the, the questionnaire yeah. um, but that, that's really where it came from is I just kind of wanted to see where we were at yeah, and the results that you got back are are like I said or like I said earlier, you know, pretty alarming. And we're going to dig into them here in just uh, just a second. I'm glad you mentioned one thing. You know, it's not about men versus women per se. You know, I mean, this is I mean, sexism, harassment. It, it goes both ways. And um, and like I said, we're going to dig into the results here a little bit more. And I, I think it's really funny. I think in an email maybe you sent me, you made the comment like, you know, I had no idea that this was going to end up being a passion of mine or that I was going to be the one kind of championing this and as it worked out you you have and you know kudos to you for for really shining a light on this issue now lauren i know that you know when we talked last <clears throat> you had done some studies i believe about you know like cyberbullying and stuff like that so i know that you can definitely relate to this topic is there anything you want to share about that yeah, I mean, obviously, last time we spoke, we sort of we released a report called Unsocial Networking, um, similar thing, all about sort of cyberbullying as such the the built environment. 
Um, and we actually sent the um, data basically to our Department of Digital Culture, Media and um, Sport. And the uh, Minister of State actually sent a reply saying, you know, thank you so much. And they didn't realise that it was also so industry specific. Um, and they're also looking at sort of an online safety bill, which they're actually now going to involve some of our data in. But actually, it was alarming for us also that it stemmed because a few females in the industry had like quit social media because of bullying. Um, and then actually in the um, research, it turned out that men were equally as being cyberbullied. And actually, it's all about the debate. You know, it was very much like some of the comments and things that were being said is so much, you know, how you handle it, taken the wrong way. Um, and it's sort of trying to create, we're trying to create this positive social media aspect that actually... There's so much going on behind the scenes that we just had no idea about. So, yeah, I can definitely relate. Yeah, for sure. And the whole cyberbullying thing. I mean, honestly, I mean, there's there's a few, you know, Facebook pages that are for surveyors and that mm. type thing. And, I mean, I visit them pretty much every day just kind of see, you know, what's going on out there. And, I mean, I and anybody can just go there and just read some of the responses to some of the posts. And, you know, the whole cyberbullying thing is going on on a daily basis, quite honestly. And it's, you know, it isn't just men against women or women against men or whatever. It's men against men. I mean, it's, it gets ugly out there. It does. There's Social no doubt about it. is an ugly, ugly place. It really can be. And it's very unfortunate because it can also be used for positive, yeah, you know, things. And sometimes it goes down a negative path. Um, Anna, let's talk a little bit about, you know, kind of like the, the, I guess the demographic of the responses and maybe the number of respondents that you received from your, uh, your, your survey or your questionnaire. So I received, can we get to my notes here real quick? So I received 116 responses. Out of those, 102 were women that were currently in the profession Two of them were women that have left the profession because of these issues. Um, and 12 of them happened to be men, which was interesting to me because I directly kind of put it out there for women. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was glad to see some of the men's responses. Some of them, I think they just kind of maybe wanted to see the questions I was asking, to be honest, um, because they didn't really provide any input. They just said, you know, no, 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 no on everything. And then um, didn't give any comments. But there were other ones that, um, did respond and they had either experienced some of the same situations or they've seen other women experience those situations. Um, and some of them reported it. Some of them stood up for the women. Um, so there were some that provided some really good feedback. Um, so I was glad that, that some of those men um, actually did uh respond more than just no, 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 no on everything and actually gave some, some feedback on the questionnaire because I did have some open-ended questions at the end of the questionnaire where they could fill in um, a story or whatever um, experience that they had had. Um, so that's, that was the demographics as far as the numbers. Um, as far as the ages, about half of them, um, actually a little over half were, were well, nearly, yeah, nearly half were, um, over the age of 40. So that means half of them were under the age of 40. So there was a very large, um, age range there. Um, the majority of them 
were between 40 and 50 years old. Um, that had been in the profession for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, 47% of them had entered the profession between the ages of 20 and 24, which I thought was interesting. Um, we had about 39% that had been in the surveying profession for 20 years. Um, the rest of them were less than 20 years. Um, so we had kind of a wide range of experience and number of years when they entered the profession, the ages. Um, I was very glad to see those ranges that it wasn't just, you know, all one category. Um, so I felt like we got a really good pool of people um, for the questionnaire. Yeah, that's a great cross-section for sure, and I'm glad it worked out that way. Um, you know, some of the more uncomfortable things to talk about, of course, you know, like one of your questions was, have you ever felt uncomfortable in your workplace? And of the 102 responses, you know, almost 66% said yes. Uh, another question you asked, have you ever witnessed a male colleague making a female colleague feel uncomfortable? Again, 66% said yes. Have you ever experienced bullying in your workplace? Again, 66 said yes, you know, 66%. I'm actually surprised that it's only 66% yeah. on that one. Right, right. Um, have you ever witnessed bullying by a male colleague towards a female colleague? Again, the majority of people said yes. So this, <laughs> this is a problem. Lauren, are these statistics pretty much what you're seeing as well? Yeah, I mean, we had slightly different questions, actually, is why Anna's report is really interesting to us also, because we sort of focus more on what social media platforms um, the abuse was most sort of given on mm. um, and more about like negative comments, private messages, um, that kind of thing, so sort of individual attacks as such on social media. So very similar there, you know, we've had sort of a good 50% or so people witness the, mm-hmm. the cyberbullying online. And um, I think because a lot of it was done by personal messaging, obviously it's not quite as visible. Mm-hmm. So until we did this, we realised how many people actually had done. But no, it was really interesting to find out about they're good questions to ask, you know, how many people actually seen people be bullied in person. So, yeah. Yeah. And with social media, I mean, it just opens up, unfortunately, a plethora of ways for people mm-hmm. to, you know, I guess, bully other, other people, you know, and it's out on a public platform. And if you follow those people, you're going to see it, you're going to witness it. Um, and it, it's crazy. And, you know, it, it would be interesting to look at, the you know the results from you know the the survey that that Lauren has put together and compare it contrast it what have you with what Anna has put together and you know maybe even develop this even a little bit further mm. um, so a super questionnaire super questionnaire exactly and here's another thing I found interesting you know have you, you there's a question have you experienced any of the following in your career and I'm just going to touch on the ones that were um, you know, like really bad, I guess. Subtle exclusions by male coworkers, you know, 80% have experienced that. Unwanted sexual attention, 63%, you know, had experienced that. Uh, not being invited to collaborate, again, 60% on that. I mean, this is, this is alarming stuff. Have you ever witnessed any of the following directed towards another female during your career? Again, unwanted sexual attention, <clears throat> 67% said yes. Um you know, this is, this is crazy. Remarks about your body. Horrible. 60%. And again, you know, I mean, I look at this and it, first of all, it bothers me. Mm-hmm. It bothers me. And I, I'm like, oh, who thinks this is okay? 
to do this, you know, <laughs> from a male perspective. I mean, how, yeah. and it, it does it boil down to like your upbringing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and I think it's age is a big part of it too. Age is a big with, part of it for sure. Know, we've evolved in recent yeah. years compared to, you know, the 1950s. You watch that show Mad Men. Right. It's crazy what yeah. they did then compared to what, Oh, what for happen sure. If you tried that now, yeah. So a generational thing. Yes. Yeah. I, I guess I can. I can agree with that for sure. Um, what? Do you, what? Do, how about you guys? Does that? Does that go along with uh, with what you've experienced, Anna? I think it's mostly generational, but I do think there are still some younger men out there that feel the same way yep. that were either raised under that same generational thought mm-hmm. um, that women shouldn't be in the profession or shouldn't be in the field. Um, or they can't handle it, or they can't do the same things um, as a man can do in the surveying profession. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, there's a lot of that, I think, still. Um, but I think the younger generations are more welcoming of women in the profession. I think there's also a desperate need for more workforce, and so people are more open to bringing people with different backgrounds in. Um, but I do think that the older generation, you know, they've always kind of and it's always kind of been a man's world. Yeah, uh, agreed, unfortunately. <laughs> How about you, Lauren? Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, and then I, I do agree with Anna. I think it, it is one of those things where as the older generation are you know, retiring at that kind of age as well, we are noticing sort of less and less of it. Um, I have noticed, obviously, I mean, I've only been in the industry for seven, eight years. Um, and when, even when I started that long ago, it was, the site was just horrible. Um, and it's just shown that even in that short period of time, it's just so much more diverse, um, even though we've still got a long way to go. Um, but obviously now I'm sort of more in the boardroom as such. And that's where I'm now finding that the diversity levels are, are dropping. And it's very much that case that people still assume that I walk in and they're like, oh, you know, can I have a cup of tea or something? And you're like, actually, <laughs> I'm the one here to talk to you. Um just because it's those assumptions in the way that they've been brought up, really, and it's just that kind of respect levels that they're still learning. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, God, it's really good stuff there. And, you know, I mean, I, I look at, you know, like unwanted sexual attention. And, again, I'm going to go back to Facebook, you know, and on some of these Facebook pages. It wasn't too long ago, and maybe maybe you guys saw this post where an older gentleman posted a picture of uh, a younger female who was apparently his a survey assistant, you know, they're working out in the field, and she's, like, sitting on an ATV or something like that, and she's got a tank top on and no bra, and obviously there's a lot to be seen there. <clears throat> and he posts that, you know, like, um, you know, something about, you know, it's hard to find good help or this is my day or whatever, you know, working with, you know, but, like, shining a light on her being a, you know, I guess an, an object from a sexual perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and of course the responses, you know, I don't know how many comments are on that post right now, but last I looked, it was like 300 comments and most of them weren't good. Did you guys happen to see that post by chance that I'm referring to? I think I know the one that you're referring to. I'm not sure if it's the exact one, but I think yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I've seen that. It's pretty disgusting. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we're aware of these problems. Um, you know, the both of your summaries have, you know, again, shined a light on them. You know, what, you know being a, a, from a female perspective, I know there's probably a lot of hesitancy to, to bring them 
bring these issues or these experiences to the attention of, you know, their, their bosses or mm-hmm. whatever. With um, fear of repercussions. Fear of repercussions. Yeah. Is that or something? Being outcast. Outcast. Exactly. Um, showing weakness, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Anna, is that something that came out of the sum- or out of the survey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just in summary, I didn't even, you know, go through all of them as far as <laughs> writing these up, but um, some of the reasons why people did not report the situation um, was because the boss, supervisor, or manager was the responsible party mm. um, or the offender. Um, they didn't want to be shunned, ostracized, banned, rejected, held back in their career. Um, those were keywords that were used more than once. Um, fear of losing their job, fear of the impact on their career, um, maybe not getting the recommendations they need to take their exam, um, maybe not being hired by other companies, um, not moving up in their current company. Uh, fear of retaliation was a big one um, to, or making things worse. They were afraid that if they brought it up, it would just, you know, oh, she's just weak. We're just going to keep on doing what we're doing and see how, you know, how far she'll, she'll let it go. Um, the worry of repercussions, like y'all mentioned, um, they just didn't feel comfortable doing so. Um, they were worried the story would get turned around by the offending party, which, you know, can happen. Um, some of them left the company before they ever reported anything, but they reported it after leaving the company. Um, some just ignored it because it was at a job site where the, the offenders weren't part of their company. Um, or they just thought the, the complaint would be deemed as petty and they just didn't think that it would be taken seriously. Um, so those were a lot of the, the negative reasons why people did not uh, report any of the situations that they were experiencing. Um, but in more than one response, the complaint, when it was reported, was met with the offending party getting promoted, which blew my mind. Wow. <laughs> like I did not understand that at all. How can somebody report bad behavior and then that person get rewarded for it and get promoted and, and moved up in that company. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, wow. So those, kind of those are some of the negative responses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> That's horrible. Crazy. How about you, Lauren? Is that uh, pretty much the same that, uh, that you've been hearing as well? Yeah. And um, we actually asked the question, you know, do you, does your company have a sort of social media policy or, um, you know, a report system? And actually a lot of people's companies didn't. They had a, obviously like um report system when it does come to sort of sexual harassment and things, but actually social media abuse, they didn't have any. So same thing. A lot of people didn't know who to tell. I think and as well, like a lot of people's um, employers aren't maybe as active on social media. So I don't quite think they take it as seriously. So, you know, by saying, oh, this person said something to me on LinkedIn, they'd probably be like, oh, okay. Um, you know, but the thing is that we found that the majority of people actually perceived the most abuse that they'd got on LinkedIn. And the benefit to us really of that is that on LinkedIn, there's everything there, you know, which professional body they're on, who they work for, um, everything. And sort of as an institution of CISDS, we sort of wanted to create a policy which our sort of members can follow themselves if their company don't have one and that's sort of helping them because you're right in that you know the last thing you want to do is reply and egg people on and sort of that's what it does really 
So it's kind of educating people in terms of how to report it, you know, what to say, what not to say and things. But it's just, it's tricky because it's, you know, it's so widespread and I, you know, where do you even start? So. Wow. I mean, based on what I'm hearing, I think that, you know, a lot of the, you know, the, the women in this case <coughs> felt that it's just easier not to say anything mm. ultimately, which is horrible. Just, just suck it up and deal with just it. Deal with unfortunately. It. Yeah. It happens all the time. Um, and a lot of companies, yep. do they have these, well, you know, bigger companies have a whole HR department and policies in place, but mm-hmm. a lot of these smaller survey companies, yep. you don't have any choice but to go to somebody that it's going to get around quickly. Yep. Yep. You're right. So that's a really good, uh, good perspective. You know, larger companies with the policies and things that they have in place versus smaller companies that maybe either don't have policies or don't enforce them. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> be interesting. Um, and so, you, we, you know, we've talked about, you know, some of the negative um, responses. And I know there, as you mentioned earlier, there were some positive responses as well. Um, talk a little bit about that, if you would, please. Um, some of them, there are other coworkers, male coworkers specifically, that brought it to the attention of the management that saw something that they did not feel was appropriate and the woman was just going to kind of let it go. And they said, no, that's unacceptable behavior. We're turning it in. And they, they went to HR, they went to management and reported it on behalf of the woman. Um, and I think that's, that's great for men to be standing up for when they see something that, that is not appropriate. And I think that needs to be done for both men and women. Um, there's, there were several where the woman confronted the person directly um, kind of shut them down and was like, no, that's not appropriate. Don't talk to me that way or don't treat me that way or I'm not here for you to, to you know, beat up on me per se, um, not you know, physically, but you know, maybe emotionally or through bullying or through not allowing to, um, to move up in their career or to, you know, spend time in the field because they don't think that, you know, the woman should be in the field or whatever. Um, there were several people that, that confronted um, the offending party or went up to management directly. Um, and so I thought that was good because, you know, it takes a lot of confidence to do that. Um, and I think a lot of the younger women coming into the profession may not have that yet. Um, after being in this profession for 20 years, you know, if I see something that's not right, I'm going to say something in most cases yeah. um, because I just, I don't stand for that. And I've, I've seen enough of it and I'm not going to um, sit back and just let it happen. Um, some of them, they just said, you know, the comment didn't bother them, but other coworkers, like I said earlier, um, agreed it was out of line. Um, and, and there were some that just, you know, instantly stopped it and just said, you know, don't, don't treat me that way. And then it kind of kept it from escalating. Um, and, and I think that that's a great approach because, you know, if you give in a little bit and they just keep on and they keep on and then it gets worse and worse and worse. And, um, then at some point it just, it's so far down that road of being inappropriate or not a good situation. And, and you don't really know how you got there. Mm. And I think that's um, a problem. And I think that happens often. Um, I think, you know, women often will say, oh, yeah, he's just being, he's just being a guy or he's just, you know, Mm. he doesn't know any better. He's just making those comments or whatever. But often when you allow that little, you know, that little 
start or beginning to that inappropriate behavior, it continues and it gets worse. And, um, and then, then you're not in a good situation. Yeah. It's like the old, uh, give an inch, take a mile. Exactly. It snowballs until it's out of hand. Exactly. Exactly. Lauren, anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I mean, I, I am like a representative of that in terms of, you know, when I started out, I would exactly that to turn a blind eye to it. Um, you know, a few times, luckily, say my colleagues um, recognize something and they reported to the site manager and it got dealt with. But for me, I was just like, oh, you know, whatever. Um, but now I'm, I'm extremely thick skinned and I think the like, same as you, I'm not afraid to stand up and, you know, especially when I see things online and things and report them. And, and like the other day, um, someone else in the CICS also saw something. And obviously, like I said, we saw that they were part of Rick's and other sort of chartership thing. So we basically went straight to them and said, look, one of your members has done this. Well, you know, what do you think of it? And they, they basically, you know, interviewed them and it, it got dealt with appropriately. But it's just that kind of standing up for each other. Um, and I think, you know, like you said, Anna, the people coming into industry, they just haven't got that yet. Because, of course, why, why would you? You know, your whole life you probably haven't experienced such sort of horrible things you know maybe you have maybe you haven't and um and you need to rely on people around you that network to to do that for you so yeah and as we you know mentioned in the beginning obviously this is a male dominated profession specifically talking about surveying and this behavior has for a very long time been part of the the culture mm -hmm. and and let's face it it's not just surveying as a profession i mean it's it's society mm -hmm. it's part of our culture unfortunately so it's a bit of a paradigm shift and i think it is happening gradually um you know and i'm curious you know one of the things that, that you mentioned a couple different times is, you know, becoming more, more confident and comfortable in, you know, individual situations. I mean, what advice can you give to, you know, women out there in the field or just getting into the field um, to, to help them, help them become more confident and comfortable? I think connecting with other women in the profession is a great start um, through something like the Women's Surveyor Summit or, um, in online, there's women in geospatial, um, other women in STEM programs, um, because you can get that support that you need. Like, hey, I'm dealing with this situation at work. How do I handle it? Or do you have a good way for me to respond? Because I don't really know what to say whenever they say this to me or when they leave me off an important email that I really should have been on or when I'm not asked to collaborate or when I'm sitting in the room and I offer up a solution and nobody hears me and then somebody else says it, another guy, and they're, they hear him, but they don't hear me. How, mm. how can I handle that situation better? Um, so I think networking with other women that are in the profession that may be experiencing some of the thing, same things um, is one good way to do that. Um, also finding a good mentor, men, man, male or female, um, that can help support you and help guide you in difficult situations that you might find yourself in at some point. Um, some of the things that, one of the questions that I asked was what would make you feel more comfortable or confident, um, in addressing sexism or ha harassment in the workplace, um, whether it's directed at you personally or somebody else, um, support by colleagues management, HR, and other women was crucial to feeling more comfortable or confident 
um, in addressing those issues. And that was mentioned in 25% of the responses to that question. Um, change in culture, like we mentioned, um, in both society and the profession is needed. That was mentioned in 33% of the, the responses to that question. Um, and then age and experience and confidence over time um, helps many of the women. So I think those three things are really beneficial to women as they kind of move through their profession and um, through their career and their journey um, is to have that support system, that network of people that are going through some of the same things that they are. Yeah, well said. Lauren, what would you like to add to that? What advice can you give uh, women in the profession? Um, I would say as much as obviously we've spoken a lot today about the negativity that surrounds social media, there's also a big positive. Um, you know, like, for example, on Instagram, I feel a massive sort of network there and events I go to, you bump into people all the time. Mm. And it's just nice because when, you know, on my Instagram stories, we all post things and suddenly you can probably go, oh, I relate to this. And you're opening up discussions and it's kind of that, oh, actually, maybe that's not okay. Um, you know, if, if you're saying it's not okay, maybe it's not. And maybe I should report these things. But I do think creating that network and obviously with social media, it's so easy to find people. Like I just sort of type in women in survey or women in construction. Suddenly just all these women pop up and it's so easy to just connect and go, hi, you know, I just joined the industry or and, you know, I've never experienced such words, a, a negative of a female that I've contacted because at the end of the day, we're all in the same boat. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I just think that's a really good thing to do. Um, and for me as well, if you can find a professional body, I don't know what it's sort of like um, in America, but obviously here they're quite big. And within professional bodies, you kind of have like younger generation committees. Obviously, I'm a 2041, which is people early on in their career and we meet every six weeks and we all have open discussion about, you know, the challenges we face and then it gives us the ability to sort of put it up to their higher committees and then they can deal with it. And it's just so good because even there, I've met sort of men that are older, you know, sort of in their 50s and who are actually just as supportive. Um, and I never would have done if I hadn't joined a professional body. So as much as it can be daunting, um, you know, they help you build these networks and build your confidence and just, yeah, just keep on talking. So. Yeah, well said, Lauren. Mm -hmm. You got something there, Hughes? No. Nope. Um, so I, I, th I think Anna, you mentioned you know intention. Maybe I, I saw in the in in your uh, in your summary, you know, intention versus impact. And I think this is something that's very important to to touch on. You know, I mean, guys can be brutal. You know, I mean, <laughs> to I, each other and to women. And ex that's exactly you know, like, and if you, uh, even as a as a guy, you know, let's say you're working, you know like a two two guy survey crew right and the uh the instrument operator the survey assistant you know maybe isn't as strong of a personality as the party chief is right mm -hmm. and then you know they show a sign of weakness and the party chief just beats on that person like all day long you know absolutely and they do the same thing obviously to women as well like if you show any sign of weakness you know unfortunately a lot of guys look at that as an opportunity to uh, to jump on it and ride that exactly no doubt so it is <laughs> and you don't know you don't know like what everybody is experiencing in their in their own individual lives mm -hmm. you know and like one negative comment or action or what have you can have lasting impact you know whether or not your intention is for that to happen absolutely you just don't know um anna talk about that a little bit yeah i think that you know men biologically have this like 
need to have this survival of the fittest mode <laughs> that they can, that they can go into when they see that weakness. Yep. Um, you know, I think that's something that is part of genetics or DNA or I don't, I don't know. Um, but I definitely think that, and you, maybe it's the way they're raised. Um, it's like, but it's I like definitely think uh, it's like we're cavemen. Exactly. Yeah. We, we still have <laughs> I, I think there's, there's some truth to that, to be honest. Um, because, yeah, there's, you've got different sports and activities where there's this need to be more aggressive um, or more verbal or whatever. And, and I think that sometimes um, they don't see how that's falling on the person that they're saying things to. Yeah. Um, or how they're acting towards, um, you know, everybody is different. Everybody has different backgrounds, um, men or women, both. Um, everybody has a different perspective on things. Um, and so really, I think you need to be supporting other surveyors and not putting them down or, you know, getting onto them because they can't do something right. Well, teach them. <laughs> don't just beat up on them. Teach them what they need to do that's correct. Um, or don't just throw them into the deep end and expect them to swim automatically when you haven't taught them how to, you know, move their arms yet, yeah. yet you know? It's, it's um, definitely something that I've seen um, for both men and women um, in, in my own personal journey and in others um, and other stories that I've heard. I've seen um, that kind of bullying aspect to the profession in some ways, um, especially when it comes to the field. And it's interesting when you bring a field person into the office um, sometimes because there's this, this time that it takes to kind of shift them into a more professional mm. um, mentality, I think. Um, sometimes there's not a good transition and they don't do well in the office because they can't get out of their own way. Um, they don't know how to talk to people um, or talk to clients or talk to colleagues or whoever. And it, it really becomes a problem. Um, and so I think that, you know, and it's not just field, it's office, there's office people too um, that just have a problem communicating mm -hmm. properly or in a kind manner or um, in a supportive manner um, for other people that are in their company or that are working in the field or in the profession. And I think we really need to be careful on the, you know, impact that we're having because we can have all the good intentions in the world and think that we're doing okay. But if we say something that's offensive or, um, demeaning or mean or, you know, harsh to somebody and they're having a really bad day, yep. that impact can really affect them. And at that point they can, you know, it might, it might be a bad enough day. They're, they're like, they're like I'm, I'm done. Yep. I'm not doing this anymore. And they leave, whether they leave the company or they leave the profession altogether, um, it can happen. So I think, you know, people don't always intend to hurt other people, but I think the impact can be there. And I think it's really important to be aware of that and how we're communicating to people and, you know, their background um, and what they're experiencing, what their perspective is on different situations and really be more supportive um, instead of just, you know, throwing, throwing people in the deep end. 
Yeah, no, very well said. I mean, life's hard enough, you mm-hmm. know, we spend so much time at work with uh, the folks we work with um, that it almost becomes like a family, a second family. And it's important that we that we support each other. Um, well, how about you, Lauren? Intention versus impact. Talk on that a little bit. Yeah, I think it's sort of one of those things that needs to be done on an individual basis, you know, like something that could hurt someone can be shrugged off by someone else. So it's that kind of banter that people always talk about and you see it like, oh, it's just banter. But like Anna said, that's something that could seriously impact someone's day. And unfortunately in the UK, the suicide rates in construction are three times the national average than any other industry. Mm. Um, and it's mainly because of that, you know, laddie, like we don't talk about things, banter, like, you know, and it's just, it's just, it's what it is. And I think now, the generations coming up, even in school, they start talking about mental health from a really young age and being open. And I've noticed that since joining Leica, there's a lot of, you know, how are you, but how are you, how are you actually doing? And it's the first time you're suddenly like, oh, you know, actually, you can sort of open those discussions. And it's so nice because obviously I'm the only female in my team. And to think that the managers, you know, asking that question to all the other guys as well, it's just so nice because it just takes one person to turn around and go, well, actually, no, I'm having a really bad day or this has happened to me. And I think it is just that generation thing. I think hopefully as the sort of new generation comes in, those questions are just, you know, open and people stand up for each other and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, but hopefully things will start to improve. So Standing up for each other. If you see something, say something. There it's you that go. simple. I love it, shoes. Um <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, the whole intention thing, I think, you know, in, a, in most cases, you know, uh, people aren't intending to cause harm. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they think they're being funny or something like that. That would um, be my, my answer most of the time when I'm right. being hateful. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's not with, you know, ill intent, as they say. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, you don't know how the other person thinks and how they, you know, interpret what you're saying or what you're doing. And, you know, there's plenty of horror stories out there where, you know, like cyberbullying ends up resulting in like suicide and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, mental health, um, untreated mental health is at an all-time high right now. And, I mean, we got enough to deal with. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's what it boils down to. We you got know? all this COVID to deal with in our in our. <laughs> And so many other things. Exactly. No (laughs) doubt. All right. So you both have taken the time to, you know, generate a lot of data uh, as a result of the efforts that that you guys have have put forth. And I guess my question to each of you is, you know, what's next? You know, we, we have obviously identified a problem or, you know, a handful of problems here. So what's next, Anna? Um, I really just want to continue to bring awareness to these situations. Um, one of the things that I hadn't mentioned yet in this particular podcast um, and and in this report was that there was nine out of the 102 women that had actually been assaulted. Oh, um, and so I think that, you know, that's 10% roughly. Wow. And, and to have that kind of number there is, is heartbreaking. So for me, you know, it's not just the intent versus the impact. It's also, you know, we need to be aware of what is going on in this profession and in our society in general. And we really need to, you know, prevent things like that from happening. I don't, <laughs> when I got those results, I was like, I don't want this to happen to one more person. 
And, you know, I don't know that I can prevent that in any way, but if I can bring some awareness to it, um, then maybe there's, you know, a woman will stand up and be like, no, you're not going to step over that line or I'm not going to allow all these little things to lead up to an assault or, you know, something like that. So for me, it's just to continue to bring awareness, um, to provide support, um, to encourage surveyors, to support surveyors and to really just, you know, all of those that are entering our profession to make them feel supported and appreciated and um, know that they have somebody to turn to if they're going into a situation that's not a good one um, or that they've got other options, whether it's another company or a different way to handle the situation that they're in. Yeah, for sure. And me being the father of two daughters, you know, stories like that, you know, really hit kind of close to home and are, are, are scary to mm-hmm. say the least, no doubt about it. Uh, Lauren, how about you? What, what, what's next? Uh, um, what's next for you? Um, so we're basically working on a policy now um, that we're going to sort of submit on behalf of the CITS. And that's to do with social media usage to start with. Um, and obviously because our CITS members um, look up us as an institution, it's they're bound basically to sort of follow our policies. And if the company doesn't have a social media policy, at least their employees know that because they're a member, they can come to us and and we can help them. And it's basically, you know, it's not a this is what you need to say, this is what you need to do. It's right, okay, you know, see it, report it, capture it, and um, this is what you need to do, this is who you need to go to, um, certain helplines, just basically sort of you know, brief policy like that, which hopefully will help people. Obviously, we'll be waiting for the um, the policy to be brought out as well for the um, digital what's it called, department of um, social media abuse and things. But yeah, for us, it is just monitoring it. And um, I would quite like to sort of, you know, carry on and find out maybe next year if there's been much of a change. Um, and yeah, just supporting each other. And I think because we put it in our magazine, and a lot of people did sort of message and go, oh, wow, I had no idea and mm. blah, blah. And it's just them looking out for their employees now and thinking, oh, I didn't realize that I'm encouraging you to post on social media because it's great for our company. It's great for this. But I had no idea that there was this sort of cyberbullying going on in the background. And it's just sort of working with companies basically to help their employees. So hopefully through doing that, we can start to tackle this um, together, really. Yeah, so I'm curious, and I, I should ask this even before the show. Did you guys know each other before coming on the podcast? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I've that's seen, I've seen Lauren's post and her name. Yeah. All over the place. So yeah, I've seen her, but I have not met in person or on social media. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think this is this is a great connection, Absolutely. and I mean, I, I I personally think it'd be really cool if you guys combined your efforts, and because you both have different you know um, contacts and and you know different professional networks, um, and you both have kind of a, approached this from a little bit different angle, you could uh, join forces and re- and really do something pretty amazing. Um, what else do I got? Um, gosh, you know what I. About the end of my questioning, you got anything there, Shoots? We got this one more here. Which one you got? I can think of which one that might be. (laughs) No, no, no. No no mantra question. They already gave that away with what they're going to tell their children. That's right. That's right. Which which question? (laughs) No, it's uh, knowing what you know now. Are there any follow-up questions you would like to ask as a, a, a new survey? Is there something that you would ask the participants that maybe you missed on the first go around? Anna, start with you. 
Um, I'm sure I could think of a few, but I really am kind of interested in what the men are experiencing as well. So I could see myself doing another questionnaire um, to, to see what the men are going through, um, especially since we had a few of them respond and say that they were going through a lot of the same things. So I would be interested to see, you know, if it's not more of a gender issue um, mm. versus it's just a profession issue or society issue. Yeah, and that would be really interesting. And of course, what that would require is for men to swallow their pride and answer truthfully. Yes, and keep it anonymous. All of a sudden, sudden men can be honest when that's anonymous. Exactly, exactly. What about you, Lauren? Um, I think I'd probably take a page out of Anna's questionnaire and do a bit more research into, you know, because we did a lot about online, but actually in the UK, what happens in person? Um, because I'm sure there's a lot more that we, we don't know about, but obviously that was sort of our focus about cyberbullying. So yeah, I think it'd be good to sort of speak to Anna in the future and um, yeah, just find out a bit more about what you found and what we can do in the UK really. So Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, as I said, that's about it for me. Is there anything we haven't touched on that maybe you guys want to get out there? Uh, I'd love to have you back. Uh, Anna, I'll start with you. Um, I would just like to say that, you know, we are all experiencing this desperate need for workforce um, and through attracting diverse backgrounds is one way we can fill that void, but we need to provide that support. We need to make sure that the people that are coming into it aren't just getting um, stomped on as they come in through the door into the profession to where, you know, they come in the door and they're out the door (laughs) as quick as they Mm -hmm. walked in. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's a great profession. I love this profession. Um, Obviously, I've been in it for 20 years. There's three different points in my career where I thought about leaving, but um, it's something that I don't want anyone to to enter the profession and then feel like they have to leave because of whatever horrible experiences that they might be going through. Um, I don't think that that's a good situation or a good light for our profession. So I really want us to to step up and support the people that are coming into the profession because we need that workforce. And I don't want to see people continue to leave because of, you know, inappropriate behavior by others. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And again, you know, thank you for being here and thank you for, uh, for, you know, your passion for, to, to bring this to the forefront. Uh, how about you, Lauren, any, uh, final, final thoughts or words? Um, I'd say do your school visit. (laughs) That's one thing that, I always try to say to companies, you know, like it's really, it's send your younger employees who just think, oh, you know, a bit quiet this week, go into schools, talk to kids, talk to students. Um, and then the moment that, you know, you're a company that is able to bring on apprentices or graduates or anything, mentor them, like Anna said, make sure that they stay because yeah, like, like Anna, I wouldn't change the industry for the world. I love it. I've made friends for life already. Um, you know, I just, yeah, I've never sort of had that always Monday feeling and when I have it like we're in an industry where there's just so many job opportunities and possibilities you can just find a new one um so yeah you know I wouldn't wouldn't change it for the world but I would just say do your school visits um and support those younger members and encourage them to grow and nurture them basically 
Yeah. So good. Thank you guys so much. And uh, again, Lauren, thank you for being here as well. And um, after the babies are born and, you know, all that good stuff, love to have you guys come back on and talk about it even further. You know, there's so much more we could discuss. So um, hopefully that's something you guys be op- open to doing. All right. We're going to put a bow yeah, on it. Let's put a bow on this one. Yeah, let's do it. Let's that'll do it, boys and girls, as they say in the business. Yet another awesome value adding friend making show. Please be sure to check us out at thegeoholics.com. Follow us on all of our social media outlets by searching for the Geoholics. Download all our podcasts from pretty much everywhere and also make sure you check out the Geoholics app from Land Surveyors United. Send us an email at info at thegeoholics.com. If you have any content ideas or would like to be a guest on a future show, last but not least, please support our, support our amazing friends of the program like Bad Elf every chance you get. Be sure to mention you're a Geoholic for the VIP experience. Pay it forward. Be good to each other. CCR, heard it through the grapevine. Available everywhere. Until next time, be safe and healthy, everybody. Once again, a shout out to our friends of the program, Aerotech Mapping Inc., ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys Inc., AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS, Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation, GetJobBook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, DiamondbackLandSurveying.com, Get Kids Into Survey, GetKidsIntoSurvey.com, Land Surveyors United, LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz, Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com, Nettleman Land Consulting, nlcprep.com, Parkland Community College, parkland.edu slash surveying, Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us, Tiger Supplies, tigersupplies.com, Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com.